0: Welcome, everyone, to a brand new episode of Ian's Untitled Scene Show. My name is Ian, and I am really, I know I say it a lot, but I am really, really excited for my next guest to be on the show. This is one of my favorite bands out there right now doing my favorite style of music, so this is going to be a really, really fun conversation. It is Jake from The Burden. Jake, man, how are you doing today?
1: I'm doing great, but that was like a hell of an intro. I don't know how I, like, how I follow that up.
0: <laughs> Look, I even Thank thought, you. I was going back and forth on like, how am I going to pump him up as much as possible? And you that's what hyped. I settled on.
1: <laughs> I got to tell my wife, no matter what she says, people think I'm nice. So <laughs> ah,
0: Yes, exactly. That is That Thanks, is definitely man. the way you want to be. No, absolutely, man. So for sure let me know before we get into everything. Cause we're going to talk about terminal. We're going to talk about past music. We're going to talk about scene music, all that kind of stuff. But seriously, you know, you're, you're in Canada right now. How has your day been? What's a normal day like for you?
1: It's been phenomenal. Nice. Um, I, I work from home for like my day job mm-hmm. and, uh, And it's like, I work for a telecom company. I'm a manager for them, but I got to go into the office today and it was like a beautiful sunny day. So I got to see people, which you don't do for those people who work from home, like they'll understand. So I got to like face, face to face with some people that we don't get to see each other much. And it was like really like sunny today. So yeah, it's been an amazing day. Very cool.
0: Man, that's, that is great to hear. Now you're in the British Columbia part of Canada, right?
1: Yeah, so like the western part of yeah. Canada.
0: So, what is your what is your winter like normally? Because I've only been to I've been to Toronto and I've been to Montreal because I used to <laughs> live in Boston, so it was like cool. very easy to get to to those two. But yeah. I have not been that far west. So, what is it normally like? What season are you guys in right now?
1: It's it's hot. You know what? I will translate our weather right now to Fahrenheit for you. Ah, yes. <laughs> I know you guys do Fahrenheit, <laughs> um, but so winter winter can get pretty cold for sure um it's not typical but it can get as cold as like minus 40 and i think that's the same for you guys like like it can get really cold but that's not typical like we don't live in damn igloos um no i did not think right (laughs) now (laughs) right now as we're currently speaking it is 76 degrees fahrenheit so it's not bad like it it's pretty hot here and we're like on the northern side of the province Mm -hmm. like kind of halfway up the province so like yeah, we're not we're not close to the border by any means. It's like a ten hour drive, I'd say to right. to Murica. But yeah, uh, to America. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, like it's weird actually. Like me and a buddy were talking about it. It's crazy that we can go from like the hottest it's ever been. I've lived here my whole life. The mm-hmm. hottest it's ever been is probably like I don't know what it'd be in Fahrenheit. Let me <laughs> let me do that. Were are you thinking, like a
0: hundred, maybe.
1: Uh, ho- hotter than that. Oh wow. Um, okay. yeah, yeah. So. Let me see. It was like 113. It's like the hottest it's been. Okay. But then like it's gone as cold as yeah. Minus 40 is minus 40 for you guys too. So it's right. like gone to around. So it's like, damn, we have like 85 degrees of like variance. Yeah. That in Celsius. Like, right. That's pretty wild to think about that. It's like that freaking cold. Right. But exactly. Um, and that hot. So, but it's the best of both worlds. Like we get four seasons. It's not like, you know living down in Texas and, and that, you get like,
0: that's where I am right now. And
1: yeah. oh, brutal, <laughs> hot and always it's like hot, hot and tolerable, yes. right? Like <laughs> maybe sometimes. Yeah. So <laughs>
0: Now this, this winter we had three days. I want to say where there was kind of like an ice storm. So it was like 30 degrees or whatever. And the yeah. whole entire Austin all shut down, which wow. is completely different for me. Cause no kidding. you know, it'd be six feet of snow. You know what I mean? Like that, and you're still expected to go to work?
1: Yeah, you yeah. you guys probably had, like, similar to what we had, like, in Boston. Yes, like, right. like, sometimes there's no snow here. We go through winters, like, where Christmas rolls around and it's grass on the ground. Yes, but then sometimes right. it's six feet of snow, like, you, you can't predict it. Gotcha.
0: Yeah, that's, yeah. I, I look, I, to me, I like talking about this stuff because I have not been, you know, over to that area before. So it's yeah. always a little interesting. Mm-hmm. So how, how does that affect? Like you guys have been a band for, you know, around 10 years is what we had talked about before. You know, you had your first album, your full length, Modern Disease, you know, out in 2016, I believe or so. Yeah. So how I know it's, I know it's tough, especially, you know, when COVID came around, it made it even tougher. But what is it like then touring for you guys being that far away from, you know, the border of America and everything? What do you guys do for live shows and touring? I don't have you been over to the states yet
1: we haven't there's just so many logistics of like going over to the states like getting you know the proper permits and paperwork so you don't get in shit (laughs) but so we've never made it over to the states our label is based in the states so i mean we definitely would love to one of these days if it all kind of pans out we can find a way to make it work Mm -hmm. but uh as far as touring it's so funny because like i call it american privilege where you guys have like tours come by you all the time and people are like really like I had to drive an hour to a town outside my city to <laughs> exactly. go see and like regularly, like one time Rob, the guitarist and I, we drove literally all the way to Calgary, which is like an eight hour drive plus like a different time zone away. So it's like nine hours to see Silverstein and like being <laughs> as an ocean and amorosa And then we drove home the next day and that was like normal. Like I've done that kind of trip a couple of times. Right like where it's like 20 hours round trip driving to see a show and then people are like oh man the furthest you've traveled i've traveled two hours and it's right. like oh wow <laughs> yeah oh wow like, i
0: can't believe it yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> so it's like that for us touring like we live in a, a city called prince Yeah. relatively small but like say around like 80k people okay but it's like a made like one of the more major cities like in the northern kind of part of, of british columbia mm-hmm. um the next like cities that just are any make sense playing really uh like there's a bunch of like smaller cities but like you know i've been to like i've drove through america quite a lot and like the amount of like small cities that are everywhere in america like you don't really have a lot of dead highway space compared to canada sure like um the next city that makes sense for us to play mostly is like eight hours away oh okay and like pretty much every major city is eight hours in a different direction so if like we went to Calgary or Edmonton or Vancouver. Those are all eight-hour drives. Gotcha. Like okay. minimum. So, um, so, yeah, touring is tough because there's just so much driving. Like, mm-hmm. you guys, like, depending on the state you live, you could not leave your state, probably book a full tour.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, and, and some yeah. <laughs> people have done that. Like, I saw Evergreen Terrace recently, probably oh, a rad. month ago, and they just did pretty much all the major Texas cities and that was their tour
1: and they're all different markets like it's like Mm -hmm. like in bc like people will drive from like my like where we live to vancouver to go see a show you know um where because you don't have like many options right like um the cool thing is like edmonton and calgary are about three hours apart so like when big tours would come through and play both of those like my wife and i would literally go to like both shows Ah, just because like why not extra three-hour drive and it's still an eight-hour drive home from either city so like why not (laughs) so yeah like we saw the used and taking back sunday like that we've seen like mayday parade like that so okay yeah yeah so making the most of like (laughs) following tours around when when there are around so but yeah lots of driving to to make shows happen
0: yeah i guess we should We should realize in America, in most areas, we are very privileged when it comes. Like right now, I guess I I have been going to shows, you know, since I was 10 years old or so. And it's one of those things where I can count off, like when you said Silverstein, right? I've seen Silverstein probably 25 times. I want to say. Oh, that's sick. Yeah. It's just like so many, like every band, Mayday Parade, The Used, Taking Back Sunday. I have seen all those bands over five to 10 times each somewhere around there wow and, and look i'm not trying to rub that in i know it sounds like i've I'm,
1: seen taken back sunday four times but like, there you go on two different tours So oh, like, no i got gotcha. you it's not like you know you have <laughs> to see many like so many eras of the band and see them on so many tours yeah so i'm a little jealous
0: yeah and look i like i said not trying to rub it in it's just one of those things where no it's great <laughs> yeah like now i think what i do is i try and pick bands that I haven't had the opportunity to see. So there are always going to yeah. be like, you know what I mean, there are going to be favorite bands that come through that I'm always going to go see. Then there are going to be those bands that I've seen so many times that I'm going to go, okay, I'm going to pass and I'll do, you know, I'll do an interview, I'll do something for the podcast. But yeah. then like this upcoming Saturday, Bury Tomorrow is going to be in uh, in Austin and yeah. I haven't had a chance to see them cuz they're from the UK and they're yeah. not here as as much so that's the kind of thing where i'm like i will make my time to go see that band because that just adds another band that i haven't seen before you know what i mean
1: totally no that's a cool way of doing it because you guys are so spoiled yeah, and there's like are. the meme that goes around you know <laughs> where like bands are like i'm sorry we didn't play the fucking venue next to your house and right. you had to go a block away to like see us yep. like boo we, yep. we, we drove Five hours to come see you today i've never
0: i've never understood that i it's one of those things where i've never been able to bring myself to get mad at a band for not coming to my area because Mm -hmm. like you said we have so many uh, so many chances to see these bands at different times that at some point they're gonna make their way around so if you can't do a four-hour drive or a five-hour drive because you're working the next day or something then just wait a year wait half a year maybe and they'll probably come to your area
1: absolutely and like people blame the bands and it's like dude when you're in a band on that level you have a booking agent yep. you don't mm-hmm. get a say in any of that like you could say come to new york and it's not up to them right. like if their booking agent booked them on a west coast tour i'm sorry like you can't <laughs> very, yeah. very true. it's so weird how so much of the blame goes on the band but it's weird being in the inside perspective and knowing how that stuff works and right. sometimes I have to like remind myself that like not everyone understands like the logistics of being in a band or recording or touring right right, right. it's so different than what a lot of people assume you know
0: oh for sure yeah and that's that's one of the things that I learned you know I was in past failed bands before I started in radio and podcasting and stuff so oh, I French, got man, yeah I got, <laughs> exactly I got a little bit of that knowledge there and then talking to bands for so long on the show, I can't in most cases, unless like some type of band etiquette has been broken or something, I yeah. find it very hard to like keep something against a band because I know the behind the scenes stuff. And I think people who have listened to the show over the years also know that because so many bands have come on and told those types of stories. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that, that absolutely. absolutely makes sense. So you mentioned, I know your record label is open your ears, right? Yeah. So they're in the States. Now I'm not as familiar with this record label. I didn't know they had like your style of music, like post hardcore screamo, you know, a little bit of metalcore, that kind of thing. I didn't know that was what they had on their label. Do you want mm-hmm. to talk about how, you know, how it came to be that you guys signed with them and why you wanted to sign with them?
1: Totally. Um, it's kind of weird because like we talk about this in the band, we've been a band for a long time at this point. And like, we're all in like our late twenties, early thirties at this point. So like, <laughs> we're not in the young man's game anymore. Right. <laughs> so like, we're not all working like say like retail throwaway kind of jobs where you can just like quit and go on a tour. Right. We all are pretty grown up. It's funny. Like when you're young and in a band, you like grind, right? Like you're like, Oh, oh right. man, like every decision you make in life is kind of based around being in the band. I find like, we used to like be like, oh, you know, I got an offer for this job, but I'm not gonna take it because I can't just get time off whenever I need. Right. Um right. Well, like now, like I mentioned, I'm in like telecom. I'm a manager, so I can't just like fuck off forever. Exactly. Uh, You're married. Yeah, I'm married. I've got a kid on the way too. So oh, that's right. Congrats. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, thanks, man. Yeah, that's exciting. Rob had a kid last year. Rob. Rob's a heavy duty mechanic. Oh wow. Okay. <laughs> yeah my drummer he like devin is getting married and he had he like works an it job for like the university in town ah, okay. and then ross is the the like senior art director for unfd like the oh, record wow. label so oh, like sure okay. yeah so like <laughs> we all don't have like jobs that we can just like leave now exactly so like we're kind of at that point where like we can't you know just commit in full-time tours so we kind of gave up like shopping around and looking for a label mm-hmm. and like we had some mutual friends with kind of like the AR guy neil over at open your ears and he's like we're pretty interested like if you guys are still writing music because this was over the pandemic right um and we had like a mutual friend that kept bugging them like sign the burden ah, <laughs> and they're like okay. you know what let's see if we can do it and so we met a couple times and just talked about the logistics of it they haven't signed a band as heavy as us right just funny because like the genre we play were either like the most heavy band on a bill or like the band that people make fun of on a bill, you know, cause it's not heavy enough, <laughs> you know, like it's that awkward in between where we, we get really heavy, but we also like sing and cry. Right. Like, right. So, yeah. So, but, um, so yeah, like we, we talked it out, like we were kind of whole new area for them too. Cause they have like a lot of, I'd say primarily like pop punk. Um, but they have some like popular artists too. Like it's really cool roster to be a part of cause it's not like, key this is the 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 one genre we signed and all of our bands kind of sound similar so like it's cool to be on that variety yeah i got you (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) but uh but yeah so we started talking with them and we were initially gonna self-release like five of the songs on terminal were supposed to be an ep that we were gonna self-release over the pandemic we already started tracking for it and then we talked with open years and like well we want to do a full record and i'm like damn like Personally I never thought we'd do a full record again. Like I love records. Yeah. yeah. But but they're they're expensive to make. True. And I mean, a lot of listeners nowadays, it's like the singles mm-hmm, culture, mm-hmm. right? Where it's like, let's put out a couple of songs that get people's attention and that, that gains more traction and kinda I guess is better bang for your buck versus, Hey, here's thirteen songs, even though like we love the art of an album and that exactly. matters a lot to us. Mm-hmm. So this was like I think October of 2021, we were like ready to release an EP pretty much. Like we were just going to track the rest of the stuff. Bass was already tracked. And then talks got kind of serious with them where they're like, no, we want to do this. So we're like, okay, shit. Um, <laughs> and they're like, but we want it to be an album. So ah. we booked studio time in April and we had to like write the rest of the album before then. Okay. Um. So wrote it all. We signed the, the agreement last february mm-hmm. and yeah and then we went to the studio in april and it's been just a great relationship like everyone at that label is awesome oh, they give great. a shit about our band which mm-hmm. is sweet like um but it was like kind of circled back it's funny to us like we talk about it often like the time that like we we couldn't care less about like making it quote unquote like that's when like all this stuff's happening for us and we're like damn why didn't this happen like five years ago man (laughs) like that would have been sick but but at the same time like they're super okay with like the pace we have as as a band and they just are like we just want to get cool music out to the world so they like believe in our record and it makes doing the band a lot easier to have their support with where we're at in life
0: right and i mean they definitely done a good job because We we talked a little bit before, you know, we actually started recording. And I had mentioned I couldn't believe that I didn't know about you before (laughs) around this time. And maybe it truly was because the label was actually putting your stuff out there so that people could Yeah, so people could actually get to it. And that's that's something that I definitely appreciated, especially from a label that, like I said, and like you said doesn't really have heavy bands or quote-unquote heavy bands however you want to say it so yeah I, I really appreciate their their willingness to do that I am very surprised though like you mentioned right now and I've talked about this with a lot of bands on the show really people are pushing those singles right they're just pushing you know put out a single every you know month or every two months and keep people's attention that way they'll add it to the playlist you know Spotify playlists are huge so they'll add it to that kind of stuff and you don't even need to do full length albums anymore so it's very it's very cool because i enjoy full length albums yeah. a lot and i i mean i like singles too because that makes up an album normally but then i love going through an album front to back
1: yeah it doesn't have the cohesiveness yes, of like an right. album right yeah
0: <laughs> and and that's that's one of the things now it's interesting because you put i believe it's two interludes on terminal and yeah. i wonder you know interludes themselves. I wonder if they're going away. I wonder if unless a band puts out a full length album, you're never going to put out an interlude as a single. No. I I wonder if that's going to be a lost art. Now there have been plenty of times where I very much dislike. <laughs> you know I think a lot of times they can be filler, but when oh, they're yeah. telling a yeah when they're telling a story though, and you know growing up with post hardcore screamo and stuff. There are a lot of interludes that are telling an actual story, so they're important. They're an important element in that album. Our band's
1: named after one. Yes, uh, like that's the right. Memphis May Fire. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So no, I'm with you 100. percent And I think the other thing that we're kind of losing with the art of the record is well, one, the cohesiveness, mm-hmm. and two, the deep cuts. Yes. Like I don't know about you, but like my favorite songs on a record were the deep cuts, the ones yeah. that didn't get the airtime. Like, um, so like when every band is writing every song to catch people's attention versus Mm -hmm. just like what organically comes out, like we don't write songs to just be like, this is a single hell. Yeah. (laughs) Like sometimes songs come out and we're like, okay, damn, this is a single, but internally, like sure. We might love that song, but we don't like love it more than say a song that we're like, Oh, this could never be a single, but like, Holy shit. How did we do this? Like, (laughs) this is something like singles. I feel like are sometimes easier to write than, the weird stuff that you kind of experiment
0: with. Very true, very true. And I was actually I was talking to a friend of mine recently too, and we were going back and forth on stuff. And she had mentioned about hidden tracks. Oh yeah, you don't. There are no more hidden tracks ever with anything. That was yeah.
1: my first thing. I used to buy CDs and like fucking fast forward past the last song to see was there a hidden track on this? Right, like this album. Yeah. So like and you never get like that I remember from first to last, year yes. diary. Yes, and dead baby kickball and uh and what's another one? Oh, like that that stupid quesadilla song at the end of Lies for the Liars. Oh. Used. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, those are big standouts from like me growing up. So. Yeah,
0: no, no, I I, yeah. I love it. I'm very glad that I look anytime anyone mentions from first to last on the show. I am super excited. So, dude, I'm...
1: how many times I brought that picture of Sonny Moore in '04 to my hairdresser? Like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> don't worry
0: fantastic i
1: like where i'm called the emo rain man in my in the band because, wow like i know way too much about post-art oh, and like emo
0: i don't think you can ever know too much no man I, I agree i i love that stuff so i think one of the one of the big questions because like i said we kind of started talking about this off and we we're like whoa we got to start recording <laughs> otherwise we're just gonna be yeah. talking <laughs> out there the whole time but Obviously, and I think everyone who listens to this show knows that amazing music for me all happened. I mean, it's still, I, I love so much music, so much scene music anyways. Yeah. But that golden era for me is that you know late 90s, early 2000s, screamo, post-hardcore. That's exactly what I love. I have the same feeling for you that you love that as well. So yeah. my question though is when, you, when it comes to the burden, yeah. you have captured that sound so well and you're not copying it but you've captured the essence of of what it is i almost want to call it and i don't know if this phrase is coined but i almost want to call it like nostalgia core because you've got yeah you've got everything in there while also still being unique and different my roundabout question is knowing you like this music was it something where when you when you started the burden when you got all the guys together Were you saying I want to sound like this or was it something that came more organically just based on what you already loved? I'd
1: say definitely it was intentional. Like, I'd say it's like common ground no surprise like i'd say the band's collective favorite band is under oath. like no, yeah it has our, to be <laughs> it has to yeah it's no no surprise and i've like literally seen things on like our music where it's like you can't tell me they weren't listening to under oath when they wrote the song like duh like yeah all the time our philosophy and i think like what helps is like with our longevity as a band like like we have never blown up and and that's fine by us because like our philosophy when we write records is I want to write a record that I want to listen to. And if right. other people like it, cool. Like I have no shame. Like I like listening to our music. I write it. So I'm not going to play the cool guy. That's like, you know, like I don't listen to my own music. That's pretty <laughs> cringe. Like I wrote these songs because it's what I like listening exactly. to. Right. And yeah, so it's intentional. Like I'd say our earlier stuff, like pre-modern disease, we put out a couple singles mm-hmm. and that was very in line with like the 2010 crab core kind of cringe stuff now <laughs> that like, sure. <laughs> but then like what we all love and what we all grew up on is things like well, me especially is like from first to last, yep. Under Oath, um, Census Fail, like Alasana, like oh, tons yeah. of that kind of like post hardcore, like Seosin. Seosin's massive, wow. like
0: oh, of course. Right.
1: All that kind of stuff is that's what I grew up on and I never grew out of. Like yep, same. I just love that stuff. So like when when we write, I mean, there's intentional times where we listen to songs. I'm like, I want to capture what that song feels like to me. Yeah. And do we ever think we pull it off? No, <laughs> but like, <laughs> it's really cool to hear people say like, damn, like this feels like under oath to mm-hmm. me, or this feels like what I grew up listening to because yeah, like I guess it, it we wanted to be that, but we never feel like we do it or nail it. Right.
0: Okay. Yeah. That's a You're, little your bit own self- <laughs> Well, yeah, that's the self deprecation. Stuff a little bit. Oh yeah, but and I, in the yeah. genre. That's oh, our schtick, right? <laughs> <For sure. laughs> that is yeah. the gimmick. That is for sure. Yeah,
1: hundred percent. I still got the haircut, man. <laughs> that's awesome.
0: <laughs> so I wish yeah. I. I'm I'm growing my hair out. I kind of thought about doing something scene related, but yeah, then you get into the real. You know, you work from home. I have to go into the office. Every day, so I don't. I I have to be
1: people's leaders, man. Like I, that is true. I'm corporate emo. Like I like
0: corporate emo. What a great band name that would be.
1: (laughs) Dashboard (laughs) professional. Oh, oh, wow. You
0: didn't just make that up. You had that in the back pocket. You had to. I did. I sure did. Very nice. Very nice. (laughs) I appreciate it. I appreciate it. But yeah, man. I I think that's great. I I like that idea of. First of all, being open and honest with yourself of... First of all, you you like listening to your music. Like, I think that's great. I think a band in most cases should, because otherwise, why are you making the music? It 100%. Just, yeah, it just doesn't make any sense. You have to be able to like what you're doing and what you're listening to or what you're singing, because if not, then you're only making it for what the fans want, and that means your passion isn't into it. So, I mean, that's just... I I completely appreciate you saying that. So, would you say, you know, you've got terminal out right now. Would you say that when you work on new music, would you go ahead and kind of change to, you know, you talk about crab core but, you know, adding yeah. adding like a little like not not overwhelming like it is now, but adding like a little bit of electronics to what you're doing? Like you're kind of morphing into that late two thousands Screamo post hardcore when that was kind of the style. Do you see yourself ever doing that? Or is it more just like, hey, this is the kind of stuff we wanna make, we're gonna stick in this kind of realm?
1: I think stick in that realm, but like more of the extremes. Like our our what we always internally say is we wanna go in each direction further and further each album. So okay. like we wanna hit that poppy stuff, more poppy, heavy stuff, heavier clean stuff cleaner like you know just all over the place like because i mean that's what we love to listen to like on the new record we have the song like le fin du monde where it's heavy as shit like we actually internally were like they they challenged me to to write a song that i didn't sing at all in Ah. and that's that's how it came out and it was hard because i always want to like put some some sort of singing you know even if it's like one line um so that's how that one was written. That was the last oh. song that we wrote, okay. but that one goes into arguably like other than Cassie the softest song on the album, right. terrible fate. Mm-hmm. Like that's very melody driven, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, every time we write, I think that we, we are just intentional of like, we are also super critical of the band. So like, if we start writing demos and we're like, it's all right. Like we won't put it out. Okay. Like we have so much on, un- Finished or unreleased demos of just stuff that we're like yeah it's all right but it doesn't get us like excited
0: gotcha Um, okay
1: yeah so i it could happen who knows if it feels right like i think that like i said we all like the music we play like we're we're fans of the burden (laughs) like (laughs) not in like an ego conceited way like we're like our band's awesome like it's we're fans of the burden so like I know I always ask myself, like, if I was a fan of our last record, would I like this new record? Right. And that matters to me because, I mean, it's the age-long thing of your favorite band changed from this record. Now they make new music. And, like, I've grown out of that where I'm like, if good music is good music, like, look at Bring Me the Horizon. Like, they sound nothing like their first records, but is their new stuff objectively excellent? Yeah. Like, you can't say they're a shitty band now. Uh, they still make good music. Uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> I don't know. I still think well, it's not like say Suicide Silence when they went soft and like oh, grungy on the yeah. record where it was like this just isn't good, you know, right. like you you're allowed to not be a fan of their new direction. Right, right. But like is it still good music probably? Yeah, like you know. Well they course um, by the
0: way, Suicide Silence course corrected quick. Uh-huh. After that, was that their self titled? I think yeah. I think when they did that self-titled, with with all those crazy, I remember making fun of that album on the show yeah. for like a long. They were just like running jokes with that album for a very long time. Uh-huh. But they course corrected a lot. Where Bring Me the Horizon did not. They have they have leaned into the extreme pop. Like that's did that's you what that EP done.
1: though. Yeah, I I, I heard... there's some like throwback count your blessings shit in there.
0: Yeah, but only in in small doses. Right. true yeah that's yeah that, that's what i say and look i'm not even holding it against them because how can you hold anything against the band who is super popular and seems to be making the type of music they want to make right
1: absolutely that, that's yeah. the thing yeah
0: if, if they, they were still have the it,
1: passion right
0: yeah if like well they don't have the passion for what they used to make i no. don't think i think in i think in an album they'll uh, sorry album at a live show they'll throw in something old every once in a while and then people will freak yeah. out but i don't think they have the passion for what they were singing about in Ternal, for for instance you know yeah. like in sempitermal they they were singing about like anti-religion and and fuck the man and and all that kind of stuff i don't think they uh-huh. have that feeling because now they are the man and they're like
1: <laughs> older 30s now you know so like i guess it would be kind of cringy if they were still doing that stuff in in some ways. I mean, there's no expiry date of that. Right. Right. Like, but like they kind of accomplished all they could accomplish out of the genre. I feel like with Sempaternal, you know, like where do they go from there?
0: Right. In the heavy realm. Well, tell me, tell me how you feel about this. One of the things that I've, that I've kind of always said is even if you're not quote unquote, breaking new ground, because I, I really don't know how anyone can think that any music now is is new. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. everything's been done before in, in some form or fashion. Yeah. So for me, I don't need a band. Like if a band's been putting out similar albums for the last 10 years or so, as long as they are good at what they're doing, I'm happy. I don't need bands to completely change their genres or mix in yeah. crazy genres. You know what I mean? So, for me, I'm saying as long as you're making good music and you like what you're doing, then keep on going. That is great. Like I'm I'm with you. If you start changing yeah. though to change because other people think you should and that's not really what you want to be doing, I'm completely against that part.
1: I'm with you. It, you know, it's funny, we, we reference that in the band, actually, because, like, we're kind of, we're, like, what, you, what you're saying, like, we have no intentions to be, like, you know what, we should do a shoegaze record next <laughs> record. or we should, like, you know, like, even though maybe we love that kind of stuff, sure. or, like, like my bassist, like, bassist Ross, he loves, like, dumb, dumb, hardcore stuff. Oh, like, yeah, I just, do, too.
0: I'm
1: with you. Yeah, and I do, too, but it's, like, would it feel genuine is the burden? No, right. like, if we, right. if we... Want to put out something like that? Like, we put out Le Fin Mont,
0: which mm-hmm.
1: has like stupid heavy parts, but like, um, it fits on the record. Yes, um, and that's really. what I love about post-hardcore is it's so freeing as an artist to write because we can put a song like that right next to Terrible Fate, and we can have a song like Stardust Oblivion mm-hmm. and also a song like Cassiar on the record. Oh, yeah, yeah. And it all still feels cohesive. Like, I feel like post-hardcore fans are loving of so many different like the spectrum of post core is just massive oh right? yeah it's not it's not deathcore where if you were a myspace deathcore band you're not allowed to make anything else other than <laughs> that or else it's trash right? right right um like it's just freeing because we can write stuff we don't have to write 10 of the same songs to make an album that people like our core fan base would love
0: yes exactly and it, it's the same as even though you're kind of following the structure of the quote unquote old days of, of post hardcore and screamo adding an acoustic track you know like what you did with like modern disease and and stuff like that yeah like you can add that acoustic track and in a post hardcore album people aren't going to scoff at that uh-huh. like they know that's that's almost part of the structure of being that type of band
1: well we talked about from first to last like oh yeah emily yep changed mm-hmm. my life growing up because it was like damn you can put that like i remember like burning cds like downloading off LimeWire and burning cds as sure. a kid like when before you bought the cd and like doing that with Dear diary and oh, yeah. like songs like i liked you more before you were naked on the internet like yes. that song stood out to me where i was like is this the same band yeah i was right. like right. young right like and it came right after note to self and then featuring some of your favorite words. i'm like okay that's definitely the same band and then emily comes on i'm like what the hell right and right. then they have an acoustic interlude on that album too. Yeah, yeah. Where it's just like it opened my mind in a way that you can have that and then you have a stupid song like Kiss Me, I'm Contagious oh, that's just it. like <laughs> you know, like southern rock beats post hardcore in yep. a way, you mm-hmm. know. So like that's that was one of the records that like kind of blew my mind as a kid of wow, you can do whatever the fuck you want and call it a record. Right. And I love every part of it in this genre like i am such a, a genre snob for post-art chorus and oh, sure. <laughs> Like <laughs> love that stuff but um but yeah like i think a band's like silverstein too like we mentioned them earlier mm-hmm. we kind of called it the silverstein thing like because up from the first record until i'd say dead reflection yeah they didn't change all that much but they did what they did very well
0: right oh yeah yeah they did
1: like every record was killer um like my favorite is probably this is how the wind shifts but sure. like Every record was good yes they didn't reinvent the wheel every record but I like they knew what they were good at and they just wrote that stuff exceptionally well right but it's not like those bands that just write the same record you know they were different enough but it's still like their core fan base would like loves all of those records you know they like and I still like the new stuff don't get me wrong but it definitely is a shift from where they were oh, before
0: it's a it's a huge trend shift and yeah we've talked about that on the show I'm not a fan of of, of the new stuff anymore. Cool. Not because it's quote unquote bad or anything. It's more, I don't feel the passion in, in what they're doing anymore compared to those older albums. That's fair.
1: Yeah. Like Shane's a buddy of ours yeah. and he, he hypes up like the new record, which is really oh, weird. Good. Cause okay. I grew up watching like, you know, Victor VTV DVDs that were oh, yeah. bundled in with the CDs of like Hawthorne Heights. Yep. And mm-hmm. like, watching them make the smile in your sleep music video and now I'm like, oh, that guy listens to my band. Like our last record we put out, he bought it. Like felt like an order confirmation. I was like, damn, Shane bought our record. Like that it's like really cool in that regard. But I mean they seem to be happy still with their new direction and they still love their old stuff. You know, it's not like uh we don't play our old stuff. Like you see even some new bands that been around ten years and they're like we don't play our record for yeah yeah, and it's like, dude, I'm never gonna be too cool to play our old stuff. Good. Um, like we're putting together like a set list right now, and we're like, "Holy fuck, we have forty eight songs that are released." That's awesome. And like, that's crazy because, like, I mean, I don't think we'll ever hit like the headline band slot where we can pull off like playing fifteen songs. Oh, okay. So, like, I feel bad for people who like like the old stuff. You know, (laughs) I don't know why they would. Like, I don't hate the old stuff, but like, I love it. Sorry, man. I I love it. I love I love everything you guys
0: have done. Like, I actually sick. That's cool. (laughs) Knowing that we were setting this up, like I I had gone back after terminal, I'd gone back and listened to everything, but I did that again this weekend and just went all the way through. Cool. Oh man, dude. I, I love what you guys do. Every single thing you guys have done. I have enjoyed so much. Cool. Yeah.
1: That's cool. I mean, I think it's just like the production on the old stuff is a little more raw. So like to modern disease to us, is like, Like, I'm still proud. I'd say, like, half the songs on the record, like, I wish we could re record them Ah, and, like, give them a new feel. Mm -hmm. um, With just, like, our modern sense of production and approach to things. Like, we're still really good buddies with the guy who did that record. Oh, good. But, like, yeah, like, still proud of it. I'm not, like, I don't cringe at any of our music. I'm not, like, one of those guys where I'm like, oh, but, like, if I had room on a set list, I'd rather put stuff from, say, like, Presence of Past Tense or Sinking Feeling sure uh, if we're not going all out on terminal um because i don't want to be that band like nobody hates it more when like a band has been around for a while and they're like yeah we're chewing on our new record so we're gonna play one or like you know say three songs from older records and nine songs from the new record like right, right. you don't i i don't like that as a, like, a, <laughs> like a music fan you know so like when we were like working on set list for upcoming shows i'm like Okay, we're at least playing a song off of modern disease, like okay. so. <laughs> gotcha. We're gonna play some old stuff still, but yeah, it's really hard to to uh, like make a set list when you have this many songs. I'd out. imagine.
0: <laughs> I'd imagine. Yeah. I never had that many, so I never had to worry about. That.
1: <laughs> but yeah. I never thought I'd ever have that many, at least under one band. You That's know awesome. so Like, yeah, yeah. But we have no intentions on stopping, even though we're like all I don't know, like dads with homes. Now. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> like, I
0: know it's it's a completely <laughs> different part of your life, but. Like you said, you can make music that sounds like old school post hardcore, but you're not necessarily singing about the same things. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's the thing. Like if it still you still feel genuine though. Yeah, if you were talking about the girl that got away in like every one of your songs, then that would be a problem. You know what I mean? If you Yeah, were doing, I don't like, want
1: to sing like that when I'm twenty eight and I've my wife and I have been together since like literally high school. I've been with her for 10 years. Exactly. So like, right. yeah, pretty cringe. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. You don't need any like senses fail old lyrics and stuff to creep in. Oh That's... no, please. No, <laughs>
1: Yeah, the only thing that didn't age very well about that band.
0: No, yeah. no, but I, and, I, but I yeah. still enjoy it. I'll say that though, too. Like there's oh, still, for sure. There's it's still that old era. school. Yeah. There's still stuff like that, that I definitely enjoy. Now I got to, before we, you know, move on to some more stuff I do have to mention. So with terminal, this is something we mentioned when we were corresponding. Yeah. But, I have to bring up because I think it hits me the same way old school post hardcore does. Yeah, is you have two, count them two, Donnie Darko references in Terminal. <laughs> yeah. Now, unless I missed out on any others, we I believe actually, it's two.
1: We have three actually. Oh, yeah, I think we might have. uh, yeah, I think three. Okay. Um, so we have Sparkle Motion. It's right. been a joke in the band, like we always say. Like sometimes I doubt you're yes. to Sparkle Motion. <laughs> sure. Uh, so that was the demo title for the song. We're like, fuck it. It was cool. Like actually, in one of the old demos, we had like that voice clip in it, kicking into ah, like a breakdown. That's cool. I like that. <laughs> but yeah, so we're like, ah, let's keep it Sparkle Motion. Sure. Like I think on this record, we're just like, like we also grew up in the Fall of Boy era with stupid song names, yes. right? So like we mm-hmm. have Lightbulb Mel Treasure. So like, right. We're like, ah, screw it. <laughs> motion's fine. Like we don't have to be like we're a serious band and we're brooding and, and sad at all times. Right. Like, we're having fun with it. But there's that one. And then there's and then
0: Yeah, you want me it's it's I hope that when the world comes to an end I can breathe a sigh of relief.
1: Yeah, that so that's a that's a direct reference from the film too. Exactly. But in the background of the uh interlude ad Meliora, that oh. is a clip from the movie
0: actually. Oh, Okay. Yeah. Interesting. All right. I'm going to have to go back and hear that because I think most of the time, I will say this, and maybe I'm bad at this, but most of the time I will listen to an album straight through. And when I hear the interlude, I'll go through the interlude the first time. Yeah. But then the next times that I re listen to albums, I skip over the interludes. Yeah. <laughs> so I might have missed, missed that. So I'll have to go back. I'll have to go back and yeah. check that. <laughs>
1: That's fair. That's fair.
0: But I, I love, um, first of all, Donnie Darko is my favorite all time movie so that's that's number one how'd you decide besides the inside joke and stuff how did you decide that you wanted to reference this movie in particular because i didn't see a lot of other references to many other movies or media type stuff so this one really stuck out to me that at least two titles were based on it so is it a favorite movie of someone in the band how did that all come about
1: I, i mean i love that movie yeah, uh, it's definitely on my on my list of like it's just so cool like artistically and thematically. I think that like there's just no other movie really like it at Agreed. least that I've seen. Mm-hmm. Um, so I I just I love it and I think that it's like lightning in a bottle, you know, where yeah. it's just like they captured something so unique, and it's the movie that like you can't show people like we all know bands that like like I'm a huge Bright Eyes fan, oh, you know, so- and I think of it like the bright eyes of. <laughs> um of movies you know where it's like it's not a good movie for like entertainment value you know like people don't watch that and it's not like fucking die hard where you're like that was a good movie you know like that
0: oh man i gotta tell you this i hate to i hate to cut you off there but i have to say it's all good i am legitimately having a donnie darko party at my, at my apartment in like a month because I, I moved down to Austin and I'm meeting all these new friends and we're talking about yeah. stuff that we enjoy, right? Yeah. And I mentioned Donnie Darko and they're like, what are you talking about? What? So I'm going to be having people over to watch the movie. So I really hope you're wrong on
1: that. Well, it, well, you know, if people, if they're like the artsy type that like like looking past the surface, like, you know, like yeah, it's, uh, it's one of those movies movie. that it's yeah. deep. You know, right. the punchlines are, it's not a punchline movie where it's just like, Oh, that was the joke. That's funny, haha! Ha. You know, right. it's not like it. It's one of those ones that is artistic, where you have to like look deeper. Like it's it's that hidden gem that like it's a cult classic for a reason.
0: Oh yeah, yeah.
1: Because because you know like the imagery in it is just so dark and deep, and when you look into it, like it's the it's the movie that you Google ending explained on because oh, like. Yeah. People are like, I what happened? Like I don't even understand,
0: like if you're not really paying attention to the nuances, right? Like I think I think I did an hour and forty minute or an hour and thirty minute show yeah. talking about the ending and explaining everything in Tony Darko.
1: Cool. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, so that clip that's in Ed Ad Meliora, yeah. um, it's him and his counselor where they're talking oh. about like like dying alone yes. right and yes, he doesn't right. want to die alone so that's been an interlude in our live set for a long time oh, we had okay. it with like some other ambiance that's awesome um, and we're like let's put it in a song because like it stayed in our set in one way or another for like a couple of years like we always repurposed it in some way oh that's right cool. so like we're the same way live where we like to put like interludes between songs we don't love dead space like right. we just love the the vibe of everything feeling cohesive not like well, this next song is called this and then mm-hmm. that song ends like you know the local band thing like yes. we don't like coming across like that so um but yeah so that's how that came to be okay. and it's just it's been a fan or like we've been fans of it and it's funny like we kind of reference sinking feeling as our bob ross record because ah. it has some bob ross references on sure. it <laughs> and then we call this one our donnie darko reference um Love it. but there is a midsummer reference um oh, okay that weird creepy singing Oh. that's at the end of sparkle motion okay yeah yeah, and uh and it's the other interlude that i hope when the world comes yes. to an end uh it it is a like a repurposed version of like a clip from the movie midsummer oh
0: interesting okay
1: yeah and that other interlude with like the the beats and shit yeah, yeah. that was our our producer mostly so oh, okay. he was like what do you guys think he tagged it on the end of terrible fate and we're like let's just make it its own track like there you go
0: yeah yeah (laughs) that's the thing when you talk about cohesiveness and everything yeah live you've also done a really great job with that very once again similar to old school post hardcore up when a track ends it kind of bleeds into the next one
1: yeah yeah
0: always enjoy that especially when you're listening front to back it's just a very cool connection piece to keep everything flowing it's not a fade out it's not a sudden stop it's a a complete flow of an album and it makes the way you've chosen your track listing it makes it even more important at that point
1: yeah like I mentioned we're a bunch of music nerds yeah. and we love that shit ourselves right so like but we're not like deaf to the whole singles culture that's going on right now so we're like if we put out songs that stand fine on their own like you could listen to the record and shuffle and it would still sound okay like <laughs> people would be like oh I like these songs you know But like we wanted to give an extra like Easter egg or a treat to the people who like to sit down and listen to a record front to back because we're those people. So like we wanted to make it like feel like a journey versus a collection of songs.
0: Right. Now, it might be too early to ask this because Terminal just came out and I I will plead with everyone towards the end of the show again to listen to it. (laughs) So that everyone, you know, so we get I just want more and more people to hear what you guys are doing. But has open your ears said you know hey we love another full length album do you guys think you're going to be doing eps do you have a plan for writing
1: yeah i mean not nothing set in stone yet but i mean we have no intentions on stopping like we make it kind of a joke cuz like guitar, like rob our guitarist he has a son who's almost one and i've got my my daughter on the way in right. august and we're like next record why don't we just like rent a little like airbnb vacation home and like the wives and kids can like hang out and we'll like record during the days like yeah there you go it's for fun like so we don't have any intentions of stopping we're kind of like we made the joke like we're gonna embarrass our kids because we're in a screamo band (laughs) and they're gonna be like dad shut up like nobody cares like we're gonna be the the version of like (laughs) our parents generation that like we're in like eighties hair metal cover bands, you know, Mm -hmm. like I think we're going to be the new like wave of that. I like it. (laughs) So, (laughs) But like, yeah, we have no intentions of stopping. We all are friends first and Mm -hmm. band second. So we're still writing, um, not fully fleshed song ideas, but we have like probably 20 demo ideas for new songs already. Um, whether that turns into an EP or an album, who knows, um, kind of depends on, you know what time we can commit to it and like but like if it turns into two eps and get that pressed it's like you know a double album almost sure. you know? yeah, yeah right you know it's like but i think the cool thing is is like every time we finish a record and like Devin and i sit down and do a lot of the writing um we're kind of like oh shit like how do we write something new like <laughs> especially when you're proud of the last thing you did you know oh, you're sure. like yeah is that the best thing i'm ever gonna write? Ah, Um, and we felt like that going into this record like there was times where i'm like i don't know i might like sinking feeling more like oh okay um but the new demos like i'm inspired still like damn like i think we still kind of got it you know (laughs) like it doesn't feel like we're just we hit our peak and we're gonna slowly decline from here good like i think that we're still gonna put out stuff that people will like because we still like it and i think that's kind of our Our test because Mm -hmm. so far everything that we've loved that we've put out people have felt the same about it not in like a cocky way but like i just think like i said we're fans of the band so i think that like if we put out something we're proud of like people like it's not for everyone probably but like enough people like our core audience were very like in tune with if i i love terminal so would i love the new stuff yeah yeah yeah, so I definitely think we're writing more for sure.
0: Well, I think that's I think that's a big point as well is just even liking Terminal going back to your discography, you're going to like that as well. You know, like that's, that's that means easy, a lot, man. Oh yeah, no, that's a, that's a great jumping off point like when a band is is putting out albums that are that good that you can be like, because there are so many bands that either they've completely changed in their last album. So when you go back to their discography, you're like, wait a second, this isn't what I fell in love with or wait a second, I like this actually better than the new stuff. With Terminal, I think it's a great jumping up point because there's so much to love in the entire discography. And like you said, you've just made, you've tweaked everything and made each part to that extreme so heavier in some instances more melodic in other instances you know the structure is similar but it's different at the same time but it still has that old school feel to it while still feeling new like it's got that great contradiction to it that i think really works with this style of music which is why i still love this style of music to this day
1: thanks dude no i appreciate that like that's the huge, like the biggest compliment is like because you know i we all had those bands where we get into something you listen to old stuff and you're like oh like <laughs> they definitely leveled up here you know yeah and like sometimes i listen to old stuff and i feel like that because we're our own worst critic where i'm like sure. oh i'm glad that like i wish i wrote this record instead of that record back then but oh. to hear you say that it means a lot and i i mean i'm also the guy who's like the band's best record was their first one you know yeah. <laughs> like,
0: <laughs> i do it very so, like, similarly i, yes. I
1: <laughs> I get it, you know, so it's really cool to have you along to the for the journey, like kind of later in it and yeah. listening to the old stuff and it's still resonating with you like like it aged well. So that, oh, that's that's yeah. really cool to hear, man. Like, I really appreciate that. I guess that's really cool, too. Right. Because with you getting into it later you didn't have to wait for the next record. It's like, cool, I have three full records and an EP to listen to now.
0: Yep, I went through through it all. And one thing I want to note too is when you talk about the different quote-unquote levels of production, because obviously you work with Jordan this time around and last time too, right? I think it was Sinking Feeling you worked with him as well, right?
1: Yeah, actually and Presence of Past yes, too. That's It was right. one of the okay. first records he produced. So pretty much everything other than Modern Disease and we did a little compilation yes. of our like first songs mm-hmm. called Old Songs. Old songs, yeah. Um yeah, but like most of our stuff is is Jordan.
0: Yeah. But I will say this, and this isn't taking away from Jordan because I love what he's done in your discography, but when you look back at modern disease listening to that, even if you might not think, oh, this isn't up to par with the type of production value that we're doing now, a lot of times, especially people that love old school post-hardcore, they love that type of production as well. More raw. Yeah, yeah it's sure. more raw. And that's, that's what I love as well. So I, I love great production. There's so much you can say about someone who understands the band, is able to go in, understand people's personalities, and put that personality and passion into an album and make it smooth. You know what I mean? Make it work the way they that you need it to for that production value. But there's also something to say about that rawness of just getting people together and banging something out. Yeah. And that's what I also love. So it's just all about everything that you guys do. I, I'm just going to praise you for everything that you've done. <laughs> <laughs> that's just That was the point of this whole Thank entire you. conversation. any standout tracks from our older stuff for you so i am bad that this is one thing i will definitely say i am terrible at track names in most cases unless it's some unless it's a donnie Darko reference i am i am terrible at it because really what i honestly do is i just go front to back with an album yeah i press spotify you know and i go on that first track and i just go down and most of the time I've got my phone away because I'm working or I'm doing something. So yeah. I honestly can't tell you a track, but I was talking to my friend and I was talking to my friend about you and, and she was like, what album should I start with? And I was like, we'll start with Modern Disease and, and just go up, just do it that way. Yeah. And we both loved Modern Disease so much because it's that even more old school raw sound And it was just, like I said, front to back. So I couldn't even tell you, I can't honestly even tell you a name of a song on there because I just let it go. (laughs) It's
1: funny. uh, We've kind of had a running joke and I I won't give it away, but there's like an Easter egg in all of our records. So all of our full length records with track titles where they kind of form something like a reference, all three of them together. Uh, Like Modern Disease has one, uh, Sinking Feeling has one, and so does Terminal so huh. be curious if you get it it's it's a post hardcore reference okay
0: so. <laughs> i will be looking i will be looking for that
1: now for sure maybe i'll i'll, I'll spoil it for you after okay. this when we're right. off
0: record <laughs> that's that's awesome well i do want to mention we, we talk about you know just random things right that that come in easter eggs things like that you would yeah. mention cover you know cover band you mentioned covers and whatnot i have to bring up Three Tears for Sweet oh, Revenge. Yeah. Uh, I think it's like something encore. Yeah. You guys did the cover of Give Them Hell Kid. And I completely forgotten about that. But can you tell everyone, how did that whole thing come about?
1: Literally was probably the craziest thing the band has done. Like, I am a massive MyCam fan. Like, growing oh, up, shit. I had, like, Frank's Epiphone Les Paul. Nice. With the gold fucking pickup covers. Like, Very like cool. I. Love that band growing up and I still do. I still think they're phenomenal and they've aged incredibly well in all oh, the records. Oh, yeah Right. Um but Three Cheers has like such a special place in my heart. So uh Ghost Killer Entertainment we're putting that together mm-hmm. with with um So We Are Triumphant? Yeah, We Are Triumphant, we're doing it. Yeah, yeah. Um but I don't know, they were looking for bands to do it and I don't even know if we we said any I I might have said like what songs are left or something on a post and oh, then man. like never heard anything. <laughs> And then got a message. I remember it vividly. It was a Sunday night. Like, Hey, we have uh give them hell kid. You got, can you guys do it? it like, I like your band. I'm like, uh-huh. uh, okay. <laughs> and they were like, cool. We need a master by Friday. Wow. We'd never played this song together as a band. Right. Like we hadn't learned the song. We <laughs> didn't know how to like make it our own. Like literally we got together the next day, figured out how we we're going to do it. I went camping. I think, <laughs> uh, like my drummer recorded his drums and then I got back on Wednesday. I recorded my vocals and my guitar part. Wow. And we had a final master by like Thursday.
0: Wow. That's impressive. Yeah.
1: So it was like a whirlwind. It feels like it didn't even happen just right. because it was such a tight timeline. There was like no thought, no second guessing anything. It was just kind of like, it's a song I, I grew up loving. So oh, yeah. it was just like, yeah, this is like easy to do because it's not like, covering like a fucking Mars Volta song, you know, where it's like, Oh shit, we got to like, this is a very complex song to learn (laughs) and like, and sing and do everything. So no, it was really cool to be a part of that. Like, um, that whole thing, but it was like super tight timelines, but I'm proud of what we pulled off in like three days.
0: No, I was, I mean, it's even more impressive to hear that story because I, I honestly don't like a whole bunch of those covers. Like I am not a, I am not (laughs) a fan and, you know uh, no offense to any of the bands they all did whatever they they had to for that yeah but i love that album so much that it's it's hard to hear anyone else try and do it uh-huh. but and i'm not blowing i'm not blowing smoke here but you were one of the only bands that i enjoyed the cover <laughs> because you you not only sounded like them at certain times but you amplified some of the heavier elements and made it your own while not taking away from the original
1: dude thank you yeah I, that's like really important to us because i mean like i'm the resident mike Kim, like big fan sure. joy in the in the band like i saw them on the black ray tour when i was a kid like, yes i love love yeah you know who opened when i saw them who the bled wow i was like holy fuck it was in an arena too yeah, yeah. like i remember all the like parents nearby like being like nah, nah, like <laughs> in the fake screamo voice kind of making fun of it like sure. But then I wasn't into the blood at that time. And now I'm like, dude, the blood fucking rips. Like, past the Flask is such a good That's record. Awesome. Like, yeah, yeah. So just weird little. Oh, yeah. No, but, no. Because like, I don't think I they was were... a huge.
0: Yeah, they weren't. Yeah, they weren't in most of the North America. You must have had the other one that went into Canada, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. I was actually like with my family on vacation in Montreal. Oh, OK. And I was walking around like I was like 12 at the time, man. And I was wearing a my chem shirt in a store and someone's like, you going to the concert tonight? I'm like,
0: what concert? Oh, like, wow. My
1: chem. Huh. And like my parents, they're super supportive and super cool. Still to this day, like they buy our records. Oh, my parents used to come to see us on tour, like yeah, they would yeah. drive around and like watch us and like buy all our merch. Like, that's awesome. <laughs> I literally get in the car and my dad will have like modern disease on singing along. And I'm nice. Like, oh. <laughs> like it's, it's so cool. I'm so lucky for that. But like, they were like that with concerts growing up too. Mm-hmm. Like my parents would take me to like see whatever band I wanted to like my mom took me to saw like Mayday Parade and like All Time Low and like the cab like she, oh, huh. like okay. she didn't care she'd go and see like any show with me so very cool they were super cool for that so they're like let's go and I remember tickets were only like 30 bucks yeah <laughs> like
0: oh yeah, yeah back in the day was, right right yep.
1: oh it was the best but I'll never forget that show like you know they played Black Parade front to back yep. mm-hmm. and then they came out as My Chemical Romance and played a couple older songs that's right but, it was a killer show, but yeah, my only regret with that uh, whole cover compilation is my favorite song on that album, uh, "The Jet Set Life." Yeah, yeah. it's gonna kill you. <laughs> and I was like, "Ah, oh, shit! I wish we could have covered that uh, one."
0: <laughs> gotcha. Yeah, <laughs> I guess that does kind of roll in. Maybe it's a cliche question, but especially because how much you love, you know, early post-hardcore and everything. Besides yeah. that song, besides the My Chemical Romance song, since that's what you've already done. Yeah. Do you have? any band or any song that you would love to make a cover of? Because right now is kind of the perfect time still to do cover. Like there are so many people that do vocal covers of certain songs. So it's very yeah. easy to keep that attention to people and make a cover song. Do you, so do you guys have an idea of what you would want to do?
1: You know, we used to like at our first show, I remember we covered young and aspiring by, um, <laughs> but like, see, I, I almost would want to cover something a little like on the, teetering on on the edge of our genre just because okay. like and we used to cover like it's dangerous business walking out your front door sure. um but i i feel like i don't want to like do a cover of a band that we already sound super similar to that's okay. where my chem was really fun because mm-hmm. like it's something that is in the realm of what we do that's what i love about post our chorus it's just so broad yeah but like um but it, it's you know on the outside enough that it's not like oh this just sounds like a, a the burden song I would love to do like <laughs> my band hate, like would hate it, but I'd love to do like a blood brothers cover.
0: Ah, uh-huh, there you go. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Why would they hate it?
1: I I haven't gotten anyone else in the band super into like, Blood Brothers.
0: Oh, because yeah, they can be very like niche or niche. However you want to say yeah, it. Yeah. they're,
1: they're like, like I said with Donnie Darko, like the band, you can't show other people right. like, right. because it's objectively <laughs> bad to a lot of people. Right. It's yeah. just like squealing. Sure. Um. Other than that, I would love to do like a Drop Dead Gorgeous cover.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah. That'd be fun. Yeah, you just hit me in the feels there. That's, that's for sure. <laughs> That'd be fun. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> what would you like to hear The Burden do? You know what? I was thinking about that the other day, and I was kind of thinking, like I'm thinking old school, maybe not as well known. That'd be if fun. If it was something like A Thorn for Every Heart or Burden for a Day or something like that, I would love to hear that type. Look, I would love to hear you guys try like a funeral for a friend song or uh, from first to last song, something like that. Cool. That's the kind of stuff I would love to hear.
1: Man, it's funny. So many people are like, are you guys like related to Burden of a Day? I didn't know about Burden of a Day until after Modern Disease came out. Right. (laughs) But like after that, I got super into the Blessed Be or Ever After cover. Oh, yeah, yeah and I'd love to do like the second song on that album. Oh, that'd be cool. Cuz that breakdown fucking rips, man. Like every time we're like uninspired for like a part, like mm-hmm. we'll turn on something like that and be like, I want like energy like yes. this, you know? <laughs> like
0: yeah. Yeah, no, that's that's one of my favorite because obviously we both love this type of music, but that's one of my favorite things to do. Like if I don't have very many lazy days, I don't have very much time where I'm not working or doing this or going to shows and doing live photography and like all that kind of stuff. But if I have the time to like pull up Spotify or even pull up my old CD case, and just be like, oh, cool. I haven't heard this in forever. Put it yeah. on and then be like, oh, yeah, wait. But then also, what about this band and this band? And you just go through uh-huh. and you remember. And for some reason, it always stands up.
1: Yeah. And I'm just like,
0: why am I not listening to this music all the time?
1: Yeah, it's funny. I'm like, I listen to so much of the stuff I listened to as a kid. I still listen to a lot of new music.
0: Like mm-hmm. Me too, yeah.
1: I don't understand people who are like, like, I get it because I like, this is my genre. This is the genre that I'll always love. Mm-hmm. I love the energy of it. I love the authenticity of it. Just everything. Um, but like people who are like, I don't listen to anything new or no good music came out after I left high school. <laughs> like, you know, it's like, dude, I f- like new bands, callous Cowboys, boys, man. Oh yeah. The band and I like since their die on Mars record, mm-hmm. like Rob and I from the band, every time we're like, we're not heavy enough. Like if you listen to the end of there's a song on the new record called spark notes eulogy yes that was us being like we love callous dowboys and i love the blood brothers that's let's awesome. just make like adhd the song <laughs> that's just frenetic and like fucking crazy
0: right yeah no i i, I love that idea and yeah i look i i kind of have to just be like to eat their own the scene is dying <laughs> <Like> that's, <laughs> that's all i can that's all i can think of when people say there isn't or there aren't good bands out there, that there there isn't new music in the scene that they can get behind. I, I just find that crazy. Like I know that a lot of the larger bands, like we talk about Bring Me the Horizon and stuff, I know they move very far into the pop realm where they're really not even a scene band anymore. But uh-huh. there are so many, not only old school bands that are still doing it, but then also... The newer newer bands like yourself, I, and I shouldn't even call you new because it's just <laughs> I I got into you later than I should have, but we're kind of new ki- <laughs> in the grand scheme of like yeah no but it's it, yeah there's it. just there's so many new bands coming out there are so many older bands that there are bands that are coming back there oh, are yeah. bands like that's that's one of the big things too is like you talk about nostalgia core and stuff like when when uh I, why did I blank on it when Scarlett O'Hara came back. Oh yeah. It was like they made a the throwback record. Yeah, they made a throwback record and I yeah. was like, "Holy shit, this is exactly what I want to hear from a band that comes back." That that kind of thing. So, yeah, yeah. It, it's very strange to me to hear people say, "Oh yeah, there's no good music or there's no new music." There are so many bands to discover that it's unending how many and yeah you might not like everybody who's new but i could rattle off a list of great new bands that i try and talk about on the podcast because you want those bands to do well you want them to continue making this music why would you want them to stop
1: there's just there's so many good records from the last 10 years Mm -hmm. that if you just mentally put a block you're missing out so much like in the genre too like is it carbon copy of what you might have grew up loving maybe not but like it has fresh ideas like i don't know i've loved so many records from the last 10 years yeah. um even Emery's record last year is one of their oh, best
0: yeah. yeah i agree they i mean they changed a lot but they've still it's because they can't do what they were doing before
1: yeah but then the new record was pretty fucking heavy still like you know no, no, they always like, bring it yeah they're so good yeah but like i mean there's bands like i don't know if you listen to like the hotel year record or like home like no places there oh, like, okay. that is such a great record yep. too and that's if you missed out on that like i feel sorry for you right <laughs> legacy bands are still doing incredible things and new bands are doing absolutely incredible things so it's like if you were just putting a mental cut off on like i don't like new music anymore and you're making your mind up like you're the only one suffering man
0: yeah <laughs> yeah it's very very true well man jake I just looked at the time. We went over an hour and I bet you we could continue this. But I think it might be better to save it for another because I think we should do a show where we just, obviously we'll talk about the burden, but we should talk about old school post-hardcore bands and just some of our favorite stories from back in the day. And maybe some like, yeah, we'll do some scene trivia or something. Like I think that would be, cool. I think that would be a lot of fun. But before we end everything, you know, we obviously talked about the Terminal, we talked about some of the older music. Was there anything, before we get into, like, the plug section and stuff, was there anything that I missed that you wanted to talk about at all?
1: Uh, nothing super comes to mind. I just, uh, I guess one really cool thing that we accomplished with Terminal is we got Charles Ferney from Secret yes, Whisper on a track, right. which was really cool, like, because we were talking about that. He was actually going to be on Sinking Feeling on our song Paler Shade. Okay. And it just kind of fell through last minute. But, like, you know, we have so many, like, mutual friends with him, with Jordan. Yeah. it's the bassist of Secret and Whisper. Yep. Um, Stutterfly. And, fly. like, you know, Ryan's a buddy of ours, too. Yeah, like, their drummer. Ryan played drums for Spirit Box for a while, too. Oh, like, really? Okay.
0: All right.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, like, yeah. Um, So, it was really cool, because we always had this, like, inside joke that, like, Charles is an enigma. Doesn't exist. <laughs> like, it's just Jordan doing the vocals. <laughs> And it was kind of a joke, but it all kind of aligned and like, we couldn't have like asked for more. It was yeah. really cool. And it was kind of full circle. Cause that was the band I grew up listening to too, you know? Right, so right. it was really cool. Um, and yeah, like it was, uh, uh I think the really cool thing is we were kind of like, if we we're going to do a guest vocal on a record, we want it to be someone that makes sense. Like we don't want to do a Kellen Quinn that just sure. everyone has on a record. Oh like, yeah, for sure. That he's just warrior. doing it for yeah. a, yeah, like it's just like it's not unique. It's just like, hey, if you pay this guy, he'll sing on your song. <laughs> right, right. Like and it didn't come across like that. It was like mutual friends sort of thing, you know, and Charles is awesome. And yes. I think it's really cool for Secret and Whisper fans who've been waiting for like new music in this realm from him mm-hmm. since Teenage Fantasy oh, came yeah. out like what, thirteen years ago now? Like right. so it's like really cool to have been able to do that and <laughs> on new records we're like how cool would it be to get danny from drop date gorgeous on a song
0: that would That's be our,
1: like our next like what legacy vocalist would be fucking sick to hear on like a new song
0: yes i would love i would love you guys so much if you could do that like if you had i would love to see you guys do an album where every track had a legacy guest vocal spot that'd be sick that would you know be that'd amazing. be
1: easier to do on an ep maybe we'll, yeah
0: maybe we'll pull it off that would be a lot of fun because if you choose like obviously there are going to be people like if you try to get matt good let's say right yeah that's going to be pretty difficult or it's going to be a lot of money it, yeah. it's going to be one of the two for that kind of thing
1: but He's a busy guy oh yeah. <laughs> super
0: i mean making like all of the biggest pop rock albums there are right now is what, yeah. what he does on a regular basis but it's like yeah if you got yeah if you got Drop dead gorgeous, if you got someone from like we talked about, like Burden of a Day or something like that. Like yeah. there are so many bands that did so much great stuff that people will recognize. They might not recognize the the front man's name or something. You know, yeah. you look that up in Google or something. But in general, to have those bands would garner attention from people that never left the scene.
1: Cool. Yeah, no, I agree. I think that would be a lot of fun. Like we were kind of scratching our heads, like if we got Danny, like who else could we get? You sure. know, like, because I would love to do that as, like, a music fan, like, when there's certain vocalists that haven't released a song, at least in this, like, genre, but mm-hmm. they're iconic for what they used to do. And, like, I don't want them to feel like they're just being put on to be, like, some sort of novelty, yeah, you know? Right, but, like, right. if they can still fucking do it, like, I haven't heard a song in this realm from the vocalist the Drop Dead Gorgeous since The Hot and Heavy, and what was for that, sure. like, Oh nine. 9 Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, I think so. So, like, we're almost at like 15 years of that album coming out so like right. it would be really cool like as a fan to hear those kind of vocals out of him like
0: agreed yeah man
1: this long later right so yeah i think that would be a really fun concept but yeah just happy we were able to do it with charles cause absolutely i think he killed the part <laughs> i think he was watching donnie darko while he recorded oh. it. too. like jordan sent us a clip so
0: <laughs> i love that even more now
1: I love it even yeah, more. so it's totally great. ingrained in the record. Yeah, that's awesome.
0: That is very cool. Yeah. Well, once again, Jake, this was a lot of fun. I want everyone out there to go pick up the terminal, or I, I want to say the terminal. It's the burden and terminal, <laughs> not we the burden. It. The terminal. Yeah.
1: We call the uh, structure on the front, the terminal. So you're not like
0: far out. It's
1: actually my backyard right now. Oh, very (laughs)
0: nice. Okay. Well, I think now I don't know if it's, if they're still available, but I did see like pre-orders for vinyls and whatnot. I hope to get one as well. So I'll make sure to have links in the description of the episode so that people can follow you guys on everything and then also get terminal and get anything else that you guys have available. But until that time what is the best way for people to support you guys
1: um so if you're in the states our record label open years records at oyerexcom mm-hmm. is selling the vinyl which will save you a lot of money on shipping oh, because sure. we're yeah, in yeah. Canada of course <laughs> right. uh, unfortunately our merch is exclusive to our bandcamp oh some sure. ships from Canada okay. but we have records we have vinyl and all of that support is just unreal like we are blown away every time we make a record we're like well, if it does as good as the last one, that would be awesome. And then it always kind of like exceeds it. Oh, um, so cool. means a hell of a lot. And dude, like, thank you so much, especially for even diving back. Oh like, yeah, man. You didn't just listen to a single and you're like, this is cool. <laughs> Thanks guys. Which also is unreal and, and amazing, but like, it's so cool to hear new people getting into our music. So, so far down the road and, and it feels good to release might be our best record 10 years in. So that's awesome. that, That feels really cool. So thank you so much for the support. Our band camp's definitely the best way we can support. But honestly, without giving any money, just sharing it. Sure. Leaving a review, talking about us on Reddit. Like all of that means more than anything. Just to see people loving the record just means the world to us.
0: (laughs) Absolutely. Well, yeah, man, I will definitely have, you know, all those different links so people can do that. But yeah, the whole sharing thing, like I said, I've been talking to you guys. I've been talking about you guys to a bunch of different people, you know, sharing the singles and all that kind of stuff, because I want more people to listen to you guys. So I I love everything you guys have done, as I've told you already. Uh, so, and I've really enjoyed this conversation. So Jake, stay on the line. You know, we'll say our goodbyes right now, but stay on the line. We'll talk a little bit after this as well. But once again, man, thank you so much for taking the time to do this. I really enjoyed that conversation, hitting all the old school stuff, plus all the new school stuff at the same time. One of my favorite things to do. So once again, man, thank you so much.
1: I can't wait for our emo trivia, buddy. Oh, it's <laughs> thank be you so, so much, much fun. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a pleasure, man. Like, honestly, thank you so much.